Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I am here with Tom Pestak and Sam Meyer. And uh, we are discussing some Indians winning streak. I was uh, lucky enough to uh, get a ticket to go tomorrow, so I'm hoping to be there for history. And I don't know, Tom, in the break, did you look it up, what the actual record is? No. Um I know there's I just only checked th- it out. There's 21. Right? Okay, by so there then. is a 21, and then 26 with the tie. With okay. the tie, okay. Yeah, because 21. So who had was 21 back in like? No, 21 was Moneyball. No, that was 20. I thought. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, 20, 21 would like be the Moneyball. Cubs or something. Yeah, from the 21 30s. would be the Cubs from the 30s, and then 26 would be the Indian or the unbeaten. No, yeah. So 21 is the 35 Cubs. Yeah. So that's like more legit because the 1916 one has a tie. So if they win 22, I think they will have the all-time streak for winning. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. that's pretty impressive. And the funny thing is, I mean, they were having a good season, but they weren't having a great season. It was uneven, and then they yeah. and then they suffered all those injuries, and it just felt like. All right, they just got to hang on and deal with this injury bug. They had injuries to Brantley again, and then Andrew Miller, and then Salazar, and, you know, their Kipnis. And it's just, guys just kept getting hurt. And it was like, all right, you just got to kind of weather the storm. And then in the midst of that, they've reeled off 19 straight. Yeah. Their bullpen's been pretty much, I mean, I don't want to say unhittable, but unrunnable. And. Yeah. Um, that's without Andrew Miller, which is just crazy. And Joe Smith is back, the pride of Wright State. I told you my <laughs> Joe Smith story, right? Um, that he was drafted number one overall, and no, he wasn't drafted number one overall. But how I was <laughs> sitting was in the, my that was the Joe Smith of the Warriors. <laughs> I, I, there, I got that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well played, well played. Joe, not Joe Smith, the rapper. Joe Smith, the guy who's married to Ali LaForce. Oh, I didn't know he was married. Way more famous than him, yeah. But uh, so I'm sitting in my apartment. It's uh, March, like, 31st, 2007. I'm in the last 
um, basically I'm in the home stretch to graduate from Wright State. And I'm sitting in my apartment, and it's Sunday night baseball, the first game of the year, and it's the Mets versus someone. I don't even know who. And I always get those old um, announcers, color announcers confused. I don't know if it's like Vern Lundquist or whoever, but I think it was him or John. What's is it? Who's the John guy? That's like J-O-N. Anyway, it's one of those guys. You're, you're talking to the wrong guys, Tom. Yeah, it's one of those guys. <laughs> and um, I'm sitting there kind of doing my homework, not really paying attention because I don't really care about the Mets and whoever they were playing. And then I'm I'm looking down, and all of a sudden I hear, and in from the bullpen from Wright State University, right-hander Joe Smith. And I did this double take, like, what? I mean, did I just dream that? And I'm watching the TV, and they're showing him. And sure enough, it flashes on the screen, you know, Wright State. And then they start talking about him, and they talk about how he's the first player in Mets history to go straight from, like, college to the opening day roster. Um, and the guy's my age. And so then I thought this was crazy. So then I started asking my friends that either played on the baseball team or knew people that played on the baseball team about Joe Smith. And they're like, Oh yeah, like he was pretty average. And then like his junior year, one of the pitching coaches had him drop his arm angle and he just became unhittable. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my goodness. So I'm watching this guy and I'm thinking, this is kind of surreal. So then when the Indians picked him up a couple years later, I was like, that is really cool. So now he's back with the tribe. So I go into work this morning and everyone at work knows I'm like a big Cleveland fan. So this one guy's like, Hey TP, how about that tribe? You know? So I'm like, dude, it is crazy. I was like, did you watch? And he's like, no, I didn't watch. I just saw the, you know, the highlights. And I was like, they were bringing in relievers who were getting outs with one pitch. I was like, Joe Smith came in two pitches, two outs. And then I just started riffing about who Joe Smith was. So then this other guy pops up out of his cube, and he's like, you want to know the funniest, funniest thing? He's like, um, Joe Smith lives in like our neighborhood. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I didn't know he lived around here. He's like, yeah, he and his wife, Allie LaForce, like they live, around, like they live down here. So I think they live like 10 minutes from where I live, which I had no idea of until today, which is pretty wild. But anyway... Allie LaForce for the Colleen Auto Mile, too. <laughs> or Helene, is, Helene Kia, because she did all the Helene Kias before. Isn't she, uh, isn't she like SEC Network? She's SEC Network, and I don't know if last, but at least a year and a half ago. I don't know if she was on last year, but she did two seasons for TNT, uh, okay. NBA sideline reporter. So Okay, yeah, I remember her doing NBA stuff, too. Yeah, she used to be on the news up here, too. So Well, yeah, she's from... Cleveland or is she from she went to OU I think well we won't hold that against her <laughs> right <laughs> the, yeah, the, uh, OU uh, a school that is uh, notorious for mostly the wrong reasons <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Ohio schools like that though that is, that is true Bowling Green Miami OU so as we're talking, uh, the, the tribe is up 9-0, and the great thing about it is they've got Salazar in for an inning and a third after a disastrous last outing. Which they still won. Which they still won, amazingly. <laughs> that's that's like the that, – that was the crazy one, the one that you kind of like, okay, something weird's going on here. But yeah. um, he's, he's dealt 
he hasn't given up a run yet. So if they can get him out of the bullpen, that's even that that's gravy. So So you want to hear the craziest thing that I heard um I think it was yesterday on TV while I was watching cuz they were on ESPN, so I actually got to watch them. So right now the Indians lead baseball in strikeouts. They also lead baseball in fewest number of walks they've given up. Yeah, that's insane. And not only is that completely and utterly absurd, but if the season ended today, they'd be the first team in baseball history to average more than 10 strikeouts per game, their staff. Wow. Yeah, it's filthy. Yeah, they have a shot at having three pitchers with 200 strikeouts. Yeah, it's totally filthy. And then um, I was reading this uh, ESPN like blog article yesterday, and it was talking about how not only that, but in terms of hitting, the Indians are like first or second in terms of not striking out, and they're like pretty high up there in terms of drawing walks. So like basically on both sides in terms of striking out versus getting struck out they're like near the top of all of baseball which really bodes well for playoff baseball because i've seen time and time again these big hitting power lineups that do strike out a decent amount and they can just get shut down in the playoffs and the indians just don't strike out that much they're just so well balanced yeah they've got five 20 home run guys and a possible another one with kipnis which is insane so yeah yeah and the funny thing is is like i mean there's two or three guys that are awesome but it's not like they just have just an absolute you know slugger that is going to put up 50 home runs it's just it's balance up and down the lineup and it's like you said nobody strikes out and that's probably why they don't have any of those big huge you know 50 home run guys because they're not necessarily swinging for the fences at every at bat right yeah right so, so yeah, this has I been mean, 12 minutes of Tribe the Blog. <laughs> let's just keep it going. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing what they're doing. Yeah, it is, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, come next month with, uh, with the Cavs season kicking off and then the postseason. And, you know, the Tribe have a lot of guys looking to get some postseason hardware. I mean, Kluber, right now, you got to think, is the AL just MVP edging out sale. Yeah, AL yeah. Cy Young winner. And then uh, I, I think the stats you just quoted are going to give a lot of uh, cred to Francona getting manager of the year, uh, at least in the AL. And, and Did you see that they did an MVP vote and they had like three or four players and they had an other? And Indians fans wrote in J-Ram for the other and he's like <laughs> second right now with like 23% of the vote. <laughs> It reminds me of the uh, Peyton Hillis, only Jerem's actually an MVP candidate. <laughs> when Peyton Hillis but, was on the cover of Madden? Yeah. But oh when, try, when, it, when Cleveland fans get out the vote, man, it's it's serious. <laughs> it's serious. Uh, that's like Kyrie in a Cavs uniform on the cover of uh, NBA 2K18. Gosh, yeah, what's Isn't with that? that? What is with that? Yeah, I'm sure that they were thrilled about that Like after they'd done all the production on it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of reminds me of uh, back when uh, the summer we drafted Wiggins. I think it was Adidas was pushing their new jerseys, and they did that oh, commercial yeah. with the swing man or whatever. 
or the stunt double. Yeah. And they had the uh, stunt double run out in the Cavs jersey. Yeah, I still wish I'd have bought a Wiggins jersey and never given it back. That would have been yeah. a fun closet edition. I know there's I know there's some guys in the Cavs uh blogosphere that still have one. And uh, yeah. uh and Wiggins one of another guy with very strange NBA off seasons, uh Yeah. Supposedly has a max contract sitting out there. Um but the owner Glenn Taylor wants to sit down with him before he gets it and after negotiating that max contract, he fired his agent, and now his yeah, agent he... is suing him to get his commission. <laughs> does he have a new agent yet, or is he still... I think he's agentless, and a lot of people think part of the reason he didn't want an agent was so they didn't have to get a commission. <laughs> uh... But it's like, well, if that's your deal, then you should have fired your agent a year ago and had your dad be your agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. I mean, because he seems like another one of these guys with uh, a helicopter dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. And the, there's a few of them in the NBA. I mean, we already have uh, uh, Kyrie and we have uh, Steph Curry and now we've got the ultimate in uh, uh, Lonzo Ball and uh, oh, yeah. the yeah, Ball family. Yeah. But uh, it it should be interesting, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff going on this off season. Do you guys see that? Um, uh, Tyler Zeller just signed a contract. I mean, uh, he was a he was a free agent still. He was a free agent, and he signed a what? minimum deal with Brooklyn. I mean, Ragdoll Physics Engine Tyler Zeller was still a free agent. He was, and uh, who else just signed today? Um, Tony, uh, Tony Allen. Allen. Tony I Allen saw that on a minimum yeah. deal for Orlando, and actually, I love that for Orlando because Orlando desperately needed a wing stopper. Wait, it was Orlando? I thought it was Orlando, uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, yeah New Orleans. Pelicans. Yeah. Right. It's that OR sound. I get. I get. <laughs> I mean, explain to me why we didn't offer Tony Allen the minimum. Well, right now because there's 17 guys under contract. I don't care. No, I there's don't. Like, I mean, now looking back, Tony Allen on the minimum over Jose Calderon seems like you know kind of a no-brainer. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, that could have been a sneaky good defensive team with Tony Allen, Jay Crowder. LeBron, Tristan. I mean, that team could d up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then who else could they put out there? I mean, Love actually was a pretty solid defender. Yeah, Love's a good team year. defender. Yeah, he's not yeah. bad. He's not bad. Yeah. Even Kyle Korver is not a terrible team defender. Yep. Yeah. But uh, J.R. Smith not a horrible. Oh defender. yeah, yeah. J.R. Smith for sure. I mean, yep. he's definitely improved on the Cavs. J.R. Smith pretty much just turned thirty-one, I believe. Yeah, you could say pretty much any Cavs lineup without one of our point guards, and it's going to be a good defensive uh, lineup this year. Yeah. And without well, Sumper. I mean, and that that was one of the things I wanted to talk to before this uh, podcast was, uh, what do you guys think the Cavs' starting lineup in the regular season is going to be uh, to start the season? You think they're going to start I, Rose, or you think they start LeBron no. at the point? Oh, no, they won't start LeBron at the point. Yeah, I'd imagine they'll just plug in Rose for now. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. It just LeBron's. LeBron's never been the point guard on on any team. I mean, he's never started as a point guard in any team, and yeah, I just don't see it happening a token, now. 
token BJ yeah. Armstrong or uh Sure. Um who who's the guy Chauncey Billups. Not Chauncey Billups, um Oh, Mario Chalmers. Chalmers <laughs> you yeah. know. A a token so guy, I, but now I could see them I mean it would be weird, but if they really want to kind of some like the only thing I could see them changing up about that is if they really want to kind of cement the idea of a bench player with D Rose. I could see them starting uh Crowder as well. Yeah, that's and the just, real question. Is Crowder gonna start or come off the bench? Well see, if Derek Rose is your other option <laughs> Well but I'd start the ball boy but Well yeah, I mean that that's us, but the other question of that being, okay, if you start Crowder, who should start, he's a thirty minute a night player and oh, yeah. is a top twenty five RPM dude, um who do you bench? Do you bench Tristan Thompson and or do you bench Rose? I mean my opinion is even if he's not the starter, he should be getting thirty plus minutes a night, no matter what. <laughs> thirty mean, plus, not like twenty. Who Crowder? Oh, I thought you were talking about Rose. No, 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 Rose. Should... Yeah, I could do. I could deal with thirty for Crowder. Yeah, yeah. maybe twenty-five or something. No, thirty-two at least. Thirty-two. <laughs> he's not a starter. He's a starter yeah. quality player. Uh yes. Yeah. As not, far as the regular season goes, LeBron, but yeah, he's I mean, a top twenty-five RPM player, Tom. I know, but you have LeBron, Tristan, and Kevin. Yeah, but Jay Crowder can play three positions. I know, but one of those three has to be a position occupied by LeBron, Tristan, or Kevin Love. But LeBron can play five positions. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think he definitely is versatile. um, And if LeBron goes to the point, you definitely need him out there to to, um, play that 3 and D role on the wing. Um, Yeah, and I... And I would say, as far as I mean, for the regular season, I don't really care who's starting. And even I, the post- I, I agree with you. I only care about crunch time lineups, right? And that and that extends to the playoffs as well. Like, I mean, our crunch time lineup is going to have LeBron, Crowder, uh, probably Jr. Love and Tristan at this point. I mean, yeah, they'll probably be swapping out offense, defense. Yeah, Love and Tristan, and then um, and then that leaves one more player. So. Do you play? Uh, well, no. That it. The question is: Is do you go big at the one or do you go shooting at the five? I'm saying you, know? you throw SETI in there no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as high on SETI yet, although I was excited. Yeah, he's going to have some exciting plays, but he's going to be I know, way up and down. We've seen this before, right? Oh I mean, yeah, he's not the first guy. What how? Hyped. How have we seen this before, Tom? I want I want your take here. Um, okay. Well, uh, I mean, there was a lot of hype around um, Skyenga, right? No, really? Yeah. No. There was a lot of hype around him. He was a freak I, athlete. I think the only hype around him was that the Cavs drafted him. <laughs> I mean, there was hype around um, Free Caspi. Who should have played more? Yeah, Caspi wasn't a bad player, and he, but he wasn't coming in, you know, sight unseen. <laughs> I don't know. Best case scenario, um, SETI is Sasha Pavlovich minus the turnovers. Ah, uh, see, my my best case scenario is a taller man of Ginobili. <laughs> I just, I think Ginobili is such an outlier. I don't. Well, he is, but 
Listen, I would take any of those in a heartbeat. Actually, uh, you take, I, you I take think Pavlovich he's a... minus the turnovers in a heartbeat. I would too. Yeah, uh, that's he's a nothing no-brainer. like Pavlovich. Well, he's, their games are totally six, different. Eight? Isn't he yeah, about six? Pavlovich was kind of like this plodding defender. Who? No, he became a good defender. No, he Don't didn't. Tom. Yes, he did. <laughs> no, he, he like did not. shut down. He shut down Vince Carter. <laughs> he in had like a few good games. Well, was, and they were in the playoffs. Okay, it's well, like Kyrie Irving had a few good games in the playoffs. Well, Ugh. Sasha, the the thing about Chetty is he's kind of a wild man defensively. Oh, you're gonna let me get away with that? I forget. I, I just no, I'm not even letting you get away with it. It's just, oh, you're just you're I'm just studiously ignoring it. Okay, I was hoping to I was hoping to get a rise out of you. Okay, uh, I know you too well, Tom. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We've been doing this for too long, Nate. Yeah, well, I mean, this is nothing like our political discussion, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, um, no, Chetty's kind of, I mean, if you saw him in the EuroLeague at all, kind of a wild man. Uh, we'll go for some crazy risky steals. He's got glue hands. I mean, I, I, the guy whose hands defensively he reminds me of is Jason Kidd. And, and that's, that's, you know, in the words of Nicolas Cage, high praise. But he he really I mean he gets his hand on a ball and it's his. Uh he he really has glue fingers defensively, but he is all over the place on offense and defense. I mean he shot forty percent, forty one percent in Euroleague from two, which is not a great he's just very frenetic. And uh if that can be harnessed, which is great for a rookie you bring off the bench because he's not having it, you just send him back to the bench. But that's almost yeah. that's a guy who, you know, bring him in and, and if he's got it going one night you can turn a game around you know i think a lot of people you know what ben Wurz said you know a six foot nine deli so just the way he's just can be nuts and all over the place and really pre- change the game with his energy so well that'd be nice that'd be super a nice six foot nine deli i'll take i, yeah. I could just have regular deli back too Ugh, you know, know i've still got the deli coffee the good day mate and you my, haven't drank it yet or is it just well, sitting... i bought two no i bought oh, okay two. you so just bought one, one to drink one to display yep yep <laughs> yep so in my cupboard one for the man cave no it's not my man cave it's uh in my cupboard but yeah no, i i've uh i've acquired some good stuff i told you i have a bobblehead of every starter on the championship team wearing the black um the undertaker jerseys and holding the larry o'brien trophy <laughs> no that's awesome. yeah it's in my office actually but i'm gonna have to take it home to the i, man I don't know if this is uh foreboding or not but uh right before Kyrie was traded or or maybe after he was traded but the you know the week long 10 day long trials of and tribulations before the trade was official my youngest who i'd given a Kyrie irving bobblehead to knocked it off her counter and both the arms fell off so, <laughs> so hopefully hopefully you know for Kyrie's sake there's no jobu action going on there yeah by the yeah. way the indians are now up 11 nothing yeah and i believe the end then the inning finally end Mm, I don't know. Or did they it's just go get my, another pitcher? It's still showing two outs on my GameCast. Yeah, I, think I they heard just something else about pitcher. the Indians. I heard something before yesterday's game that their run differential over the streak was better than like all but eight teams on the whole season. Oh, yeah. And they're leading all of baseball in run differential, by the way. 
Yeah, they've and had a better the run. Freaking Dodgers are in such a free fall. It's not out of the question that they could like actually end up with the best record in baseball. No, it is not out of the question. Dodgers lost like eleven straight or something. Fifteen to sixteen. Yeah, they're the only it's team like, to ever win fifteen to sixteen and lose fifteen to sixteen in the same season, and they're the only team to ever win ninety games and then have a. 15 of 16 losing streak after yeah, <laughs> after the 90 games. It's That's great. Almost even more ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which the eighth. It's 11 nothing after 8. At which I could not be happier. I kind of hate the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> the Dodgers uh Magic Johnson's old team. <laughs> he was with the Gosh. Dodgers brain t- trust for a while. Or as I like to call him the Tamper. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, no kidding. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. you hear the whole thing. He was telling Genie Bus to take it out of his paycheck, and oh my lord. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing, and it's kind of embarrassing the way the NBA, you know, lets stuff like that go. I mean, I I get that it's like, well, it's hard to police, but well, it's it's like when it's really blatant, then you make an example of it, right? I mean, think about what the NCAA did to Jim Trestle. It's like that was that paled in comparison. There's some of the other scandals that were going on, but it was like, you know what? The evidence was there and they just got crazy. Yeah. It's like, come on. Like, just because yeah, they're like, the funny thing about that is it's like they were dumb enough to put it in writing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. why they got screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it blows my mind. Like, how much did they find them? Like a quarter of a million? Half a million. Grand. Okay. They find the Spurs a quarter of a million. For sitting their stars, and the Spurs almost won the game. You're telling me this is like comparable to that? That's just that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and the other thing about it is now the players tamper all the time, but you can't really police yeah. that. Well, I was right. gonna say one heard ratings, the other didn't. So, well, yeah, but oh, that's true. The NBA is still a local sport, as much as they want to think it's like a global sport. Oh, I disagree with you, Tom. Oh no, I I I mean, I still think despite all the national TV games, you're still watching your team. You're not you're not watching like every game. Um yeah, but I I mean, yeah. I you know, I probably the outlier, but I'm more likely to turn on a Thursday night game on TNT than I am a Monday night football game. Well, yeah. that's just more of a basketball fan, but and, and yeah. the t- the teams are national. I mean, the big teams, Cleveland and Golden State, are national teams. Spurs, the Spurs, the Rockets, uh, but the other teams in the league, you know, the Knicks are a local team. You know, if the Knicks ever get good again, they'll be a national team. But yeah, I would, I would bet on the NBA over the next fifteen years more than I'd bet on the NFL. So, nah. Oh, the NFL is going to be dead in 20 years, Tom. Well, you just said 10, so now you're saying 20. Well, and I don't think it's going to be dead. Oh, I think so. I think when the kids, the nah, parents start keep... taking their kids out of football. Well, parents are already doing that. Right. It's going to keep getting worse. Yeah, but it doesn't mean the sport's going to suffer. It means Little League might suffer, but... Well, when you dry up the talent pool and they're all going to play other sports, the quality. I just of the think it's more than that. I mean, like when I was growing up, every kid played soccer, and guess what? The U.S. still sucks at soccer compared to the rest <laughs> of the world. So I don't think whether or not you know the millenniums that aren't millennials that aren't even having <laughs> those damn millenniums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not even having kids. That's man. my absolute. Just, I, that's my absolute. Dying, favorite. When someone tries not to sound blue. old and then they sound older than they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not. I wouldn't. I mean, these damn millenniums with their portable phones <laughs> <laughs> and their face it's, chat. <laughs> yeah. As a lone millennial representation on this podcast, I will say that everything everyone says about millennials is absolutely true. So. Yeah, see? He's just, <laughs> he's just keeping it real because he knows. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very aware of all of it. <laughs> well, Tom, but anyway, you I'll take that bet. Hey, in, 20 years, in 20 years, I'll take the bet that the NFL will still Be bigger far than the surpass NBA. the NBA in ratings. Yeah. Okay. Well, did you hear the uh, the estimate that with the Houston sale of for two point two million billion for the yeah. Rockets that the Knicks were worth three point seven billion? Uh, yeah, that's unreal. I, I also that heard unreal. that's a little bit kind of fake that these teams really aren't worth that much. But well, somebody just gave him two point two. Yeah, million right. Dollars. I mean, if something's worth whatever you pay for it. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It, it that's true until it isn't <laughs> right right exactly so yeah. we'll see if all the teams can cash out yeah but if i had an nba franchise i'd sell it right now holy oh, cow yeah <laughs> I mean, well, dan hint, hint dan gilbert <laughs> he could sell the Cavs for probably a billion and a half at least oh i'm sure uh, and he bought yeah, it for well, about, like 300 million or something and if he wants to sell while it's hot, he should sell right now while they still have LeBron. Yeah, but yeah. he's not interested. He's got too big of an ego. He wants to. I think Dan Gilbert secretly wants to find a way to win a title without LeBron someday. Oh, absolutely. I uh, I don't think that's. I don't think that's a stretch at all. Kind of like how Kobe wanted to win one without Shaq. I think Dan Gilbert. <laughs> that's nothing the, uh, like that. <laughs> how is it not like that? Because well, Dan Gilbert doesn't actually shoot the basketball he's not no but you know what i mean you got a bunch of big egos that are both involved in the success i mean it's obviously it's a bit of a stress so we've got to find how to solve then right yeah in the case of kobe and dan gilbert neither time were they the best player on their team so (laughs) yeah well i'm just i almost i started to write an article and i just gave up because i don't have time but (laughs) i'm a little bit amazed at um just the lack of perspective from all of us Cavs fans on Dan Gilbert and really the role of an owner, because I just think of like what happened with Art Modell and all the years of complaining about the Indians not spending. No, I agree. And, and now it's just like, seriously, you have maybe the most like punch drunk wallet open, making it rain owner, like in the history of sports. At least in the history of the NBA. Yeah, and it's like people just don't talk about that. Well, and then I'll, like, I'll... and then if some random person like me brings it up, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, he's he's worth blah, 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 blah. So it's like, no, no, no. I, I don't care what he's worth. Like, just look at well, what he's is... doing. Yeah, this is what I'll say on Dan Gilbert. Um, until like this summer, I feel like I was a pretty strong Dan Gilbert apologist because the thing everyone always points to is is the letter. But we're all kidding ourselves if 
as Cleveland fans, if we'd say that we didn't feel the exact same way and weren't cheering on the letter right after he sent it. I mean, oh, I was, not, only, yeah. not only was I feeling that way, I wrote about it that way. So. Right. <laughs> it's you, you posted, this summer. Yeah. You posted this summer is, a article with people with pitchforks and torch. Right. <laughs> well, it's the cover picture. Uh, not Tiki but this torches, summer, it, it seems like he's let the championship kind of go to his head. And I, the, the first press conference with with Kobe was Kobe I don't Altman, know that not uh, yeah not Kobe Bryant yeah Altman yeah. was kind of I don't know it just left a bad taste in my mouth and still does now because it just seemed like Kobe was being a you know a puppet for him <laughs> I hate saying that but that's what it seemed like because like he it. would start to answer a question and then Dan Gilbert would interject and answer the question for him and I was like gosh are, do you really not have that much that little self awareness? Like, no, people are waiting for you to do this. That self awareness. I mean, the when he pulled his hand out of the back of Kobe Altman's jacket was when, like, okay, you know, maybe that was a ventriloquist dummy joke. I know that's probably yeah. a little dated <laughs> for you millenniums, but I, I what's a ventriloquist? <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess. I mean, that's fine, but I guess I just don't understand why we don't accept that he is the owner he literally owns the team he can do whatever the hell he wants oh sure like if i own my car i could put a bumper sticker on it i don't care (laughs) if like my neighbor doesn't like it as long as it doesn't say patriot and you're in oregon if that's then you're in trouble my bumper sticker says my other car is rocket powered and it's got the rocket i've I've seen it yeah (laughs) All I'm but, saying is if the owner of Chipotle decides to stop serving the chicken, the fans are going to get upset. That's his prerogative, though. Well, That's fine. Since, just... since, since Chipotle is a publicly traded company, I don't think that analogy exactly. is 100%. Which is why it's not. Yeah, it's not. But <laughs> okay, I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like everyone – I was having this argument um, with friends yesterday about paying college players, right? And, you know, just they're, they're arguing from a perspective of, like, doing what is right, almost like in an ethical or a moral sense. And I'm like, what? I don't even understand why you're arguing from this vantage point. Like, the NCAA doesn't have to make any changes. Like, you're just arguing because you think it should be a certain way. It doesn't – you're not arguing because if it doesn't, there's some, like, repercussion. It's just It's just what you want. Right. So – Dan Gilbert can let David Griffin walk and allow Kobe Altman to come in. And we can, you know, gnash our teeth about how we think it's bad. And we can make up, oh, now this must mean LeBron's going to be pissed. And we, it's like none of what we think actually matters. And we're going to keep going to the games as long as LeBron's there. And we can weave all our theories. But like ultimately, he can do whatever the heck he wants. I, I just, I never understand this idea that like you're arguing like you're, like you're trying to, point out that you know you have like the only solution when really you're just arguing how you feel a thing should be like almost like everything's a democracy or something it's like but it's not it's just like when you win a war you get to tell the other country like what the heck's up so like don't whine i mean if you're the other country that lost the war like don't whine about it like that's that's what a war is (laughs) are are we are we the losing losing country in this analogy or i mean i don't think so i I think you are way out in left field (laughs) 
No, I'm just saying. Don't you get what I'm saying? Like how I did yeah, until I, you I brought in what the you, war you're analogy. To an extent, but I guess what I'm, just... I'm I'm overdoing it with the examples. I'm just saying the pretense is like what's happening is like bad, almost like like in a value neutral, like not like it's just it's not good. And I have the solution, or I have the reason it's bad and the solution it's good. And they don't. No one wants to acknowledge the fact that like this is just your opinion. Like the fact that players are or aren't paid is just your opinion. It's not like the sport's going to come crashing down. If tomorrow we don't take your idea that we should pay them like $12 an hour, like it's not going to make a difference. So, right. And I, what well, I fully acknowledge Dan Gilbert's, you know, right to do whatever he wants with his team. But until we see what actually happens because of what he does, all we can do is base it on what we feel in the moment like there's no way for us to project how well Kobe Altman's going to do as a GM at this point or how sure. much it's going to hurt or help the Cavs to not have David Griffin anymore oh, so agree. this is the only context we can look at it at this point oh I, I totally agree I just I, I don't I think what you're I, I think what's I, creeping in what's creeping in a now, moral thing is what I think you're trying to say and I agree with that well what's starting to creep in is this idea that because Gilbert is like meddling, like one, he doesn't have the right to do that, which it's like, no, he completely does. And two, and two, this idea that we can, we can evaluate the effect of that, which I don't believe we can just like, I don't even think we can evaluate much like how good of a coach Ty Lue is. I just think it's hard. It's it's hard enough to evaluate. Our evaluations well, are based in fact. Well, that's but what I mean. Everything, like how certain we everything like we is perception. That's the other we, side of the argument, Tom. Everything is perception. On that mean, side, we can we, say we have the same right to do that that Dan Gilbert has to, you know, go to the White House when the Cubs are there. You well, know, can, it's it's the we same can say, freedoms. We can say with confidence that like LeBron is good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a. But I mean, we can't honestly. We cannot say with that much confidence. Compared to other coaches, like how good Ty Lue is. No, no. I mean, we have and, some, we have some anecdotal the... evidence that he was able to convince LeBron to get his head out of his butt, you know, at halftime of game seven, which is no small anecdote. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's not like our hypotheses or our, you know, estimations were like meeting reality. Like when he took over as head coach, we all thought, well, the defense is going to get better and it got worse, you know, so it's like, I, I just I think the same thing with general manager. I mean, I think we just automatically evaluated Griffin as being really good because at times when we didn't expect the Cavs to make moves, they made moves. And so now we're like the fact that he's not there anymore. It's and Dan Gilbert was involved in this. It's like, oh, well, this is bad. It's like, how do we know it's bad? I mean, how do we know Kobe Altman's not going to be good? I mean, well, I yeah, think I, it's much harder to. Extreme good and bad in sports is much easier to quantify than, you know, these little, you know, um, butterfly effect moves, you know, that Ben Ben Worth wrote about last week. You know, if Kobe Altman is abjectly horrible or he's abjectly mediocre, if he's abjectly mediocre or above average, we're not going to really know the difference. You know, it's, it's only when something's really good or really bad. I mean... Look at Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie Irving. We can't even agree if they're good. <laughs> you know, yeah. We can agree that Kyrie Irving was really good in the finals, but objectively right. over the course of 
you know, a hundred yeah, games in a season, it's it's, it's, complicated. it's complicated. Yeah, well, and the, the I would also say that typically in sports, I mean, if you think of all the owners that you know of by name and know of as a I, part of the identity of that franchise, most of them you're not going to come away thinking good things about that franchise. I mean, there was Jim Busson in the you know. 70s 80s and 90s and he did a great job and you know jerry jones i guess maybe you no, at jerry different jones points he was awful. a good owner <laughs> but but that's my point any yeah. other owner that you could name off the top of your head how was their franchise done i mean jim dolan is like the the nightmare of of owners or uh what's his name for the clippers a few years back like that's kind of the the stereotype of the very vocal, very public owner. And I yeah. think that's so what So you want to know who the best owner of. in sports is? Okay. Um, Peter Holt. Now, see, I was thinking about that because here's what's interesting Not, no, about who, Peter Holt. Okay, do you know who Peter Holt is? Yeah, he's the owner of the no, Spurs. No, no, nah, that, that was not for you. I know you know who he is. <laughs> oh. I was that asking was the Millennium. <laughs> oh, the Millennium? Yeah, the Millennium Falcon. No, but here's Peter Holt, though. He somehow uses some kind of black magic, and his coach and GM convince all these players to take less money. Like, no other organization gets team gets players to take less money the way the Spurs do. Now, there's a corollary to that, and I've looked at it this year and the last few years. The Spurs pay these guys on their towards the end of their contracts much more than any other team would. So they're still making the same amount of money. They've just stretched it over a ridiculous amount of years. I mean, Tony Parker's making something like okay, $24 but- million this year. Well, what about David West? He was offered the Cavs and the Warriors offered him like ten million plus dollars a year, and he took what? the minimum. No, yeah, not the Warriors. Yeah. Yes, two years ago when he signed with ago. the Spurs, and then bolted for Golden both State. Both teams offered him like ten million, I and the 10 Pacers. Million. The pace he was under contract with the Pacers for twelve, and he opted out. Yeah, and I think. I think he was offered around ten from the Cavs. Or was the only? Oh no, the Cavs could only offer him the mid level, which was yeah. like six. Yeah, okay, five point seven. Okay, something like. Okay, that. fine. But he took the minimum. <laughs> to go. Well, I mean, that's still significant. No, no, no. I, Four million dollars. I mean, is not I know my numbers are a little of. off, but the fact remains. You're you're practically a Mallory factor tonight, Tom. Dude, <laughs> the Indians just won eleven to nothing on September eleventh. The Tigers had nine hits. The Indians had eleven hits. It's just, it's just that kind of, it's yeah, that kind of time for the it Indians. Is. It's just, it's fun. They're putting up, they're putting up symbolic box scores just because they can. <laughs> well, it's it's crazy because they don't stop playing. I mean, you looked at in the sixth, uh, they put in a pinch runner. You know, they put in a pinch runner for Incarnacion, and then uh, yeah, uh, I can't remember who the runner was but he scored who's their fast guy uh greg allen or whatever no no he was guy. already in the game the other guy I, I don't know ubaldo i don't know i'm terrible with names tonight yeah <laughs> tonight you're always terrible with names. i'm especially terrible with names tonight yeah you're terrible with names <laughs> yeah but no i agree with you on dan gilbert i think it's he's an enigmatic dude 
on a team. He's the enigmatic owner of a team full of enigmatic dudes. I mean, if no one else could own this team, I, that's, 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 this <laughs> that's is the true. weirdest collection of people that yeah, you've ever seen be successful in sports. Oh, LeBron is so weird. Yeah. I mean, so weird. And J.R. Yeah. Smith is a weird dude. And yeah. Yeah. So they got less weird now that they did. Harry's gone, right? Yeah, they did. I they got way less right. weird. Because like Isaiah's I think, not going to come out uh, of the woodworks, right? I think Crowder and Thomas are hard-nosed, you know, I just, I love their toughness and their motor, yeah. and I hope it's infectious, because the I Cavs are too. full of so many finesse, like, prima donna players. That, I don't and know now if they, they are. I think Kyrie being gone hurt. is going to be, like, a weight lifted off the whole team. I hope. I hope so. I mean... I just still can't believe they couldn't figure out a way to get Shumpert out of here, too, during that deal. <laughs> I just... Well, Shumpert has cut his hair. He looks He's all business oh. now, supposedly. Oh, he's all business. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, so supposedly Shumpert was Kyrie's best friend on the team, so maybe oh, Kyrie being gone is like a wake-up call for Shumpert. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you seem so. It's funny that that it in, seems in, so in, disgusted. In the entire, you know, everything going into that whole trade and that whole scenario, when I first saw that finalized deal, that was my initial reaction: was how in the heck did we not oh. get rid of Shumpert? Like that would have been my number one demand from from the any team that wanted to trade with us. Yeah, yeah you can get Irving. You're going to take Shumpert too, though. Yeah, I don't. If, I don't care if you don't who like that. Then, back. yeah, right. If you don't like that, then all right. Have a good season. Yeah, like, I still think there's an outside chance that Shumpert gets moved along with Jefferson and Fry for uh, for Carmelo. I'm not gonna oh. lie, that would bum me out so bad. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not thrilled about it. <laughs> did Just you getting know, rid you of the, the road thing today about uh, on hoops hype about how. Uh, Carmelo Anthony's a pickup game legend, and he's always the most locked in when he's wearing his hoodie. Like hoodie, <laughs> the tagline was "Hoodie Mellow is uh, the stuff of legend." And I was yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's the Andy Reid of NBA players. He brings the most when it matters the least. <laughs> Would you ever wonder, like, how much guys don't? work on getting a complete game just because there's like no incentive for them to like like you, i mean why does is he your case in point well i'm just saying like why why does Mello need to like get better at defense or passing or become more well-rounded like what's well, the difference he doesn't if he doesn't mind the same results like i guess that's up to him well, uh, you know what I mean, though? It's like he's still popular, he's still famous, he's still going to go to the All-Star Games, he's still going to be the guy everyone slobbers over at Team USA, he's still going to marry some, you know, you know, model or something. I mean, it's he's still going to be in the city he wants to be. You know what I mean? I, I'm not a really depressing you. look at, at pro sports. No, I mean... Well, I thought I felt that way about Kyrie. Did did you see the T Mac induction stuff? Like T Mac thinks that being in the Hall of Fame is greater than winning an NBA championship ever could have been. Like he's like, there's plenty of guys, and I know he's thinking Delhi. 
<laughs> who won NBA championships. But not everybody can. But you can tell he's like, there's like Australians and shit. <laughs> they can't even ever. dunk. Yeah, right. <laughs> they can't even cross over through the legs. They just, yeah. Well, I mean, I used to think this about Kyrie. I, and I used to think it was bad when Kyrie was ESPN ranked like eight. I was like, for what? I mean, what has he done? I mean, the team is terrible. Yeah, he can score. But, I mean, he's basically was an ESPN ranked number eight because he was awesome in an all-star game. And then there was some video of him crossing up, like, three guys in a Team USA scrimmage. And we all just lost our minds. And then there was the whole, like, you think I'm little Bow Wow thing with Kobe. And it's like, this is all great, but this isn't actual NBA basketball. Like the All Star Game is not actual NBA basketball. It's basically yeah. a pickup game. Yeah, Team USA is not NBA basketball. No, so it's because like, Team USA is so far head and shoulders above every other team that we can send a team of guys from the G League and beat everyone in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, as long <laughs> as like Stefan Marbury is not on the team. Yes, we yeah. Can. I mean, I'm not even making that up. That just happened. But right now, <laughs> so it's like. I was looking at all the accolades Kyra is getting, and now he's going to get a max deal, even though the Cavs haven't even made the playoffs. And it's just like, what incentive does he, I mean, his shoe is selling like crazy. What incentive does he have to become a more well-rounded player? Like no one actually cares other than you and me and us cranky Gen Xers that the guy (laughs) dribbles into double teams and doesn't see his teammates and guys can't play pick and roll with him because they never know which way he's going. Right. Um, have you and, seen his vines, bro? Do you even vine? Like, have the, you seen how savage he is when he shatters these ankles? Savage AF, bro. Like, you know, there's no incentive. Like, he's got in exactly- all fairness. Some millennials cared. Okay. <laughs> oh, Sam, did you care? <laughs> Sam M E chimes in. It's <laughs> my new name for uh, you. Uh, Sam M E. Sam Millennial Edition. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love because I just I love all people. No, it's it's so but that's the greatest thing. That is why the NBA is the greatest league because there is no faking your way through the NBA playoffs. You know, you know what I mean? Right. And and I think that's the answer to your question too, Tom, is like what's the incentive is well, if that's all you want, then there is no incentive, but if you want to be in you know, the Mount Rushmore, the pantheon of, of NBA legends, well, that's your incentive. Like, yeah, I mean, it's why pretty- I, you know, in a really weird way, like I, I know he's not really necessarily worth taking seriously and he's kind of a provocateur, but like Skip Bayless has said before, he's like given himself credit almost <laughs> for LeBron's success. And his <laughs> argument is, I'm not saying that's true at all, but his argument is basically like, I criticize LeBron so much that he just wants to like prove the haters wrong. But in a weird way, it's not, not Bayless per se, but like from the moment LeBron was on that cover of sports illustrated, there were so many people that were like, all right, this is BS and we don't care how talented this guy is. People are treating this guy like the heir apparent and he hasn't won anything. And because of that, no matter what he did, even in like 2009 when he averaged like 40, 12, and 12 on 80% shooting against a top defensive team in Orlando, no one cared. All they cared about was that the Cavs lost, and they pinned it on LeBron. And it was like, this guy will never be a winner. 
and it didn't matter what he did individually. And there's a lot of other players that have never had to live up to that standard. And I just wonder if that has that lack of incentive, even if it's just like your reputation has allowed them to just, I don't know. Not, I mean, it doesn't make sense That's to me. Why, why LeBron's Kyrie... special though. I'll give him that. I mean, he has lived up to, Oh, he's exceeded it. Yeah. Yeah. He's lived up I'm just to saying, that expectation and surpassed like, it. No one ever did that with Kyrie. Well, and no I think ever... that's why if you're a Kyrie fan, you're both excited and a little apprehensive about him being in Boston now, because if anything's going to put the pressure on him, like there's, there's no parachute now. He's not on a quote unquote bad no, franchise. He's the best player. He doesn't on that have, team by a long he shot. doesn't have the LeBron shadow. He is the, you know, he's the big fish, you know, the yeah. funniest thing about Boston is they lost arguably their three best players. I mean, I, I would say that, Isaiah oh, Thomas, Bradley. Jake Cradley, Crowder, and Avery Bradley were the yeah. three best players, and probably well, Horford we all think Ford. that Mark because we have no opinion of Horford because we no, know because Horford he gets pwned by yeah every playoff yeah. yeah Tristan Millennial Edition every year yeah okay. <laughs> yeah every year Millennial Edition Tristan yeah. hashtag yes. me <laughs> yeah I, and Paul Millsaps just got to be so happy he's like in the Western Conference again <laughs> doesn't Jeez. have to face Tristan anymore yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's a road-tripping interview I want to hear, is uh, Kyle Korver going on and talking about pre-Cavs, and now that he's on the Cavs, like... (laughs) I'd love to hear Tristan Thompson, like, um, before LeBron and after LeBron, like, how the team changed. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Have you listened to all of them, Sam? Most of them. That's such a great podcast. It's so good. Have you listened to him, Tom? A couple of them, yeah, and I've enjoyed them a lot. I think Richard Jefferson is going to be uh, like 30-year NBA announcer. Or oh, yeah. I mean, he just... Did you listen to the one with Tim Duncan? No, i got to go back no. and listen to them all. What? That is the best one, with, without a doubt. Without really? a doubt. He has Tim Duncan on? Yes. Is he Tim funny Duncan as... like, doesn't ever talk to anyone. But I've heard Tim Duncan is like, secretly like super funny. Like super deadpan kind of is that the yeah, way he's dead, he's is that the way deadpan. it went, Sam? He's hilarious. That's the funny thing. He's hilarious. <laughs> I I'm sure he well, is. He's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I don't want to ruin it for you guys, but yeah. if you don't do anything else tomorrow, all right, try okay. and do that. Well, he's <laughs> don't hilarious. go to work. Don't do anything else. <laughs> Have you watched those um those like San Antonio local grocery store commercials? Oh, those yes. are the best. Yeah. He is so funny in those. Yeah. yeah. Like he is hilarious in those, and who you know who's not funny in those is Lamarcus Aldridge. He has like no <laughs> sense of humor. But Kawhi Leonard is actually pretty good. Manu Ginobili is really funny too. Yeah, Ginobili is good, and Patty Mills is alright. Ginobili had one of my best. Remember Ginobili in the Bat? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, what a moment! Yeah, <laughs> he freaking like goes and picks up the bat and. <laughs> This is like legendary. That's like a Paul Bunyan tale. Yeah, because like you know, like all these uh, millennial NBAers would be afraid to even go. Oh over yeah. There. Oh yeah. Well, regardless of their thoughts on the matter, it's like who's got the who's got like the ability the to even speed. do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. 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 Well, that and like who wouldn't you be like terrified of getting rabies? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the worst yeah. thing on the NBA, NBA you know, uh, managing nobly out with rabies. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Duncan, DNP, old age, managing nobly rabies. <laughs> uh, uh, the league in comedy um, 
yeah. DNPs. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. The Cavs do not have enough, not anymore enough funny local advertisements. Like, oh, the last like really Mark good Mark one we Bob, had Mark was... Norton. Mozgov. The Mozgov, yeah, the Brew Garden was the best. Oh, oh you're talking about the players. I was, yeah, the you players. know Mark Norton, right? The, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm Mark, and you, you can count on it. Yeah. You can't get credit in my store. <laughs> you can't get credit anywhere. Yeah, you got the outline on your uh, on your Instacap sometimes. Yeah, it was in one of my uh, it was one of my wedding gifts. Yeah, <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> it is very bizarre. So I mean, mm-hmm. we were talking about uh, Kyrie and the Cavs and and the lineups, and so one of the games I wanted to play. Um, was doing some over unders. Of course, I don't have the actual number to give you over under, so we gotta we gotta find the line, and then we've got to uh, say whether the Cavs are going over or under. So, uh, one of the lines. So over under, I'm gonna say 20 regular season games that Isaiah Thomas plays. The over under is 20. Yeah, I'll go over. I'll go way over. I'll go like 60. I'm going under. What is he gonna have? Some kind of crazy surgery or something? He have you read anything about his hip? It's jacked I mean, up. But, uh, how, I, how do we know that? Is that just there was yeah, a I, big uh, athletic article yesterday? Yeah, saying we right. don't. Is that the one that said that said arthritis, know. cartilage yeah. degeneration, and a yeah. labrum tear? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I, you're you're a PT guy. Yeah. So so give us your hot take. I mean, give us your okay, professional well, opinion on that article. Well, all three of those things, that's the thing. First of all, every NBA player in the entire league has cartilage degeneration. And, like, and that's arthritis, just, yeah. Yes, none of those are significant. Is that just and because as far as, of repetitive like, impacts on the yeah, wooden yeah. floor? And, that's because okay. you've literally played tens yes. of thousands, uh, you know, thousands of hours in the, one of the most impactful sports you know, where you're not at least yeah. getting head trauma, but it's bone trauma yeah. every night. See, Nate, now all these soccer moms <laughs> are going to be listening to this podcast because we know we reached that demographic and they're not going to be putting little Johnny into uh, basketball. And as then far what's as happen- I know, we reached one soccer mom versus NFL prediction. <laughs> one soccer mom we reach as far as I know. Yeah, it's so yeah. yeah, I would say neither of those two is significant. And as far as the labral tear goes, I'm assuming that came off of an imaging report. And uh, if that's the case, you know, he obviously has something wrong with his hip. But a labral tear can can mean a lot of different things. So okay, but you read that whole give article? Us, I didn't read the whole article. Oh, I just the saw the synopsis. Okay. Yes. So until I mean, until they give us an actual prognosis, like there's really, really no way to know. Okay. Like it wouldn't surprise me with if with just those three things like he could be back in a month for all we know. Okay. So uh, we need a prognosis. I I have, there's no way to know how bad any of those things really well the labral tear really. Okay. The other two I I wouldn't be too worried about. Well uh Sam ME Sam Millennial edition bringing some yeah, uh bring some professional pain. insight. Bringing the paint for le- re- legitimately. <laughs> Well, good, 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 uh, good analysis there. So, I'm Thanks, so Sam. just to be... not millennial in spirit, my man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's you... probably the nicest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, you are way above the fray. You know, this is going to be Cavs of Podcast Millennial Edition, right? <laughs> hey, I'm all down for it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's uh, the subtitle. We already know. <laughs> my parents are going to be so proud. <laughs> and hey, man, 
I, they should be proud of you. You, you. You're you're getting through school. You're uh, on your way to a uh, lucrative career. So that's the game plan. <laughs> the, there's there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> okay, so I'm going the under. Uh, you're going I, under twenty. I'm, I'm taking going the under over. twenty. I don't think he's back till March. Wow. But who cares? The Cavs don't put their playoff roster together till March. So no, I care because. <laughs> We don't even want Isaiah for the playoffs. We want him to rack up regular season wins. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I don't know who would want him at the deadline if it's like Rent-A-Thomas. Rent-A-Thomas. Well, you can... There's... So one of the... So that's the other thing. Okay. Uh, Do you keep the Brooklyn pick or you trade it? Oh, I trade it. I trade it. So what do you trade it for? Who's out there that you could get with that? You don't know yet. <laughs> no, you got to yeah, find Anthony Davis. Secretary. We'll just do a one for one straight <laughs> yeah. up. No, you don't know yet. That's right? what I would do. You They've just don't never trade. I don't understand the Anthony <laughs> Davis talk. I, yeah, that's him. ridiculous. And I, and that's the. I mean, it's all conditional. It's all based on who's available. But if right. someone who's, who's struggling at the time. Right. But if someone's available who would help us win a championship this year, I. I mean, that's a no brainer, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. You go for so. that. Yeah, I think so. You don't you don't mess around with the LeBron era. You never know when it's going to be over. Be it through you know he wants to play somewhere else or you know Bo Jackson, yeah. right? I mean LeBron is not immune as much of a cyborg. As you he is. shut your immune. mouth, Tom Pestak. <laughs> All right, I'm and sorry. honestly, aren't aren't draft picks this, kind I... of aren't draft picks overrated? Like it surprises it always surprised me how valuable people or like teams put on on draft picks. Well, they're overrated I, when you're not good at drafting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're so valuable before you draft somebody. The second uh, you draft somebody, like you could get Anthony Davis, year, but you could get Anthony Bennett. Like, except this year, they're more valuable after you. Draft I see somebody. what you did there. Oh, yeah, nice. That wasn't even well, intentional. Well played, that was pretty sir. good, though. Well played, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor AB. Uh, gumdrop bear. Gumdrop. I'm telling you, man. Draft Express, Charles Barkley. That's that's who AB was. <laughs> you were so mad, Nate, when we drafted him. And I, was I was so livid. I was so psyched. I thought I was like the best pick ever. He looked fat and slow playing for UNLV. <laughs> Gosh, I just draft. saw I just saw those videos where he would go coast to coast, get the steal, and throw down the dunk, and yeah, then he but like. Then you had to look at who he was playing against, and they were like, "What's the I pride of the Mountain West Conference?" But I don't know that because I don't watch college basketball. But I was legitimately talking myself into Nerlens Noel that year. I was like, "Hey, yeah. oh, like yeah. ACL tear, no big deal." Yeah. We'll Nerlens, like... I want the Max Noel. <laughs> oh no way. I was no, also trying to. You heard of uh, what happened with him, didn't you, Tom? Yeah, he's oh, taking dude. a one-year. He took the one-year qualifying offer. Qualifying, yep. That Supposedly, not himself, huh? the offer on the table was four years, like almost like sixty-eight million, and yeah, he turned it down. Yeah, and it's wow. almost like uh, what was wow, it, uh, wow, that's a lot of money. Shabazz Muhammad had like four years, forty million on the table. I forgot that guy existed. He had four years, forty million on the table. I like last forgot year, about him. And this year they cut him. Player. This year they renounced his rights. Was he playing for the Kings or something? No, he was on Minnesota. He was drafted by Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm uh, confusing him and Ben McLemore. <laughs> so who did Ben McLemore sign with? He signed with somebody. 
I he think... was a guy linked to us a couple times. I don't know yeah, why. I don't even remember. We uh, kept getting linked to so all Memphis, those things. Memphis guys. signed like, him. Memphis signed didn't we get more. didn't we get linked to Tyreek Evans too? Wasn't that a guy Coles was all about? I like was we all about. Well, I wasn't all about him, but I was like he'd be better than Chumpert was my. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Except he can't stay healthy. So. Yeah. I'm, I mean, my my thing on uh, if you're going to trade that pick, get somebody really good. And the problem is, do you either you guys think that Boogie Cousins is worth anything? No. no. The draft pick? Yeah. Why not? Where does he play? How does now, he help Now, if you would Cleveland? say draft pick and Chumpert, you might be able to talk me into it. <laughs> well, it would have to include Chumpert. <laughs> Just for salary purposes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... I don't I mean, want it's always within the Cousins. will we beat the, the Warriors with him context. Right, and... It's just that's just a tough way to live. I don't I think okay, this is what I think. Daryl Morey said it best. I don't know when he said it. I think it was after the finals. He basically said, Welp, time to start compiling rosters that have a greater variance. And I mean, on one sense, David that Woods be code- said the same thing. Yeah, on on one hand, that can just be code for a team that jacks up more threes, which they already do that the most. Um, but, you know, more specifically, it just means a team more full of guys like J.R. Smith, guys that are, you know, can have really, really good games and they can have really, really bad games. More Lou Williams type players. Kyrie Irving. More Kyrie Irving, more Jamal Crawfords, guys with high variance. Because if, you know, you somehow get a bunch of those guys having good games at the same time. You can get four um, hot games against the, the Ducks. Yeah, right. Where, I mean, that would be the opposite of, like, a Jay Crowder type, who is very consistent and plays very similar. Now, Isaiah Thomas is a very high-variance player. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some, like, like takeover-type games. Um, but, yeah, I mean... If that's the route you're going to go, I think Boogie Cousins is a pretty good example of a of a high variance player. Yeah, but where do you play him? There's not enough balls to go around if you have him and Love and LeBron and uh, you know, and and Isaiah Thomas. There's just not. I enough. just think I just think you know. I mean, you say that, but I think that yeah. I guess has... you could say the same thing about the Warriors. So, well, yeah. But they get away with it because they move the ball so fast and they pay at such a high play- pace. Whereas well, that hypothetically, team... Boogie is a good passer too. Yeah. Well, there are all those hypothetically. Guys are good passers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Didn't didn't somebody on the blog state the rumor that LeBron's the last guy Boogie Cousins would want to play with? Supposedly. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know why. I I don't know why Boogie Cousins does anything he does. So, well, I mean, what was the argument for that? Like something he said? That or? was something he said. Yes, that oh, was a okay. quote from Boogie Cousins. Oh, so well, I mean, you know, so I mean, maybe didn't Derrick Rose and LeBron like have beefs in the past? They did. They did, and now they're playing together. So, I mean, yeah, the Rose opportunity to place, you know, <laughs> the well, and he needs to make another big contract. A lot of these guys talk a lot of trash, and then they realize that they just can't hold LeBron's jock. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's amazing to me is one of the things I've been noticing this off season is like, if you are not one of the top, I would say half of the league in terms of talent, 
you can be dropped in a heart in and out of the league in a heartbeat. You know, it's like you look at a guy like Tyler Zeller, he's barely in the league now. And yeah. then you look at a guy like J.R. Smith, arguably, if he hadn't caught on with the Cavs, he'd probably be out of the league. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, he was a poison pill. <laughs> he was. Yeah. We were taking Shumper and they're like, well, you want Shumper, you got to take Jr." And we're thinking like, I don't know. LeBron's, I was LeBron's so thinking like anti Jr. Smith. He's sweet. Like I've seen his step backs. He, I mean, I, I, I swear LeBron is the most like reputation based GM. He will be such a horrible GM or owner because he will sign all the guys that are named guys that aren't necessarily like he would never sign a guy like Delhi. He'd be like, he'd be insulted at something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. in in some ways, but the other side of it is LeBron is really good. Probably at figuring out who's, who's good in a game situation that he could disagree. I don't know. I mean, J.R. Smith, I felt like he totally nailed that one. No, course, I mean, I, I, I get agree. The I'm not that... saying he's not like an amazing teammate. And I'm not saying he's not good at putting certain guys in position to succeed. Especially I'm saying I find, his, yeah. I find his talent evaluation skills to be lacking, at least when it comes to what he talks about. I mean, he hasn't actually been a GM, so I don't actually know what kind of moves he would make. But he just seems to love guys that remember he used to like he was like real into Josh Smith for some reason. <laughs> But yeah. he's talking about how like Josh Smith was like the most talented player, and well, Josh they can Smith's get gonna... him right now. Gosh, that's yeah. a guy I haven't thought about in a really long time. Apparently, he just tried out for somebody. He had like a sneaky good playoffs, don't you remember? Yeah. Like two years ago. Yeah, there's After... another guy who you know just out of the league in a flash. You mm-hmm. know, it's crazy. Oh, he's had so many issues. He just yeah. like could no longer shoot at all. Like that's gotta be somewhat mental. I think. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that happens is there's so many of these guys that people just don't want to deal with their BS. It's like, if you are a guy who can get 12 points a game, but you're a lunatic and there's another guy out there that can get you 10 points a game and he's a total professional, that little variance does not matter to people. They like, okay, give me that. other oh, guy yeah. I don't want to deal with this idiot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure if EG was on, he'd be talking about the same thing about actors, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard well, that, that is a, be said for that. I've heard that's totally like professionalism. And the, the and the and the other side of that is people that aren't that talented but are like nice people. Like you're, you'll give them more of a yeah, you know, a little bit more of a leeway because you're like, ah, oh, yeah. guy's a good guy. Or, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, or like James Jones, right? Like, yeah. dude hasn't done jack in like two years but i mean he's like really well respected and people like you know like him for his culture or whatever the heck well, that I means guess he's out there the first guy out there every day at practice and the last yeah. guy out of the gym and it's like and he barely plays so right but i mean be, it was yeah. kind of a wasted roster spot you know at, at times look, where the Cavs could have really used more talent but yeah and if you look at last year they you know definitely had a depth issue when they you know, as a, during the regular season, especially once, um, once uh, Birdman went down, and um, and then uh, they didn't have a backup point guard. Well, you look the, at the guy who is his NBA mentor, Tyron Lue, uh, uh, Doc Rivers, and that's always been the knock on Doc Rivers is that he can't develop a bench in the regular season, and we Eddie House. Well, that's right. I mean, that, but that's been Eddie the, House. 
Yeah. And trick or treat Tony. I haven't thought Allen. about him in a while. Have you? Yeah. Eddie Headband House. I they those uh, Miami Boston games are some great games. What about those Cleveland Boston games? Uh, I blocked most of them out. <laughs> really? Yeah, I gotta go back. That'd be that'd be a fun project. Go back and watch some of those uh, late aughts Cavs games. Um, yeah, we, we need a uh, uh, Fox Ohio Classic channel. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, go back to go back to the early days of LeBron. The, yeah, uh, the um, the uh, um. We'll go back to uh, Ira's Nubelhood. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And uh, Tractor Trailer, RIP. Oh, yeah. Tractor Trailer, the guy that uh, Milwaukee traded up to get over Dirk Nowitzki. Like number seven or something? <laughs> yeah. Or eight? yeah, it was eight, and I think Nowitzki was nine. <laughs> Didn't Milwaukee also draft Joe Alexander seven? Oh, God, yeah. One of the and worst. No one should ever. ever give Milwaukee the number seven pick. Yeah, they were like, uh, and he was like the guy that was the workout warrior, and everyone was like, this guy's yeah. got amazing combine. It's like, no, he was like Derek Williams plus the workout warrior. He had yeah. a couple good, notable games on national TV in the uh, tournament, and then he was a workout warrior, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this guy's crazy. And it was just kind of a weak draft, I think. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's the one thing I will say about this uh, this Brooklyn pick. I mean, even though the Brooklyn pick can't defend the pick and roll very well, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's uh, that is going to be that top five of that draft is going to be pretty loaded. Uh, there's some really good players in the top five of that draft. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Let me go. Do you guys know that Draft Express is no more? What? What happened to Gavoni? Uh, he got bought out by. He's writing for ESPN now. Oh jeez! Yeah, I just haven't looked at draft stuff in so long. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, he uh got bought. Uh, he's going to work for ESPN. He's going to be an ESPN insider. All the draft coverage is going to be on ESPN this year. So, so they they canned Chad Ford and they signed Givoni. Yeah, well, I'm sure he made less money. So yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. but which yeah, is why I mean, they did it. I mean, Marvin Bagley's supposed to be a huge player. Michael Porter, uh, Don Cheech. Um, there's the top five of that draft supposed to be pretty, pretty solid. So hopefully the the Cavs... I'm outraged that ESPN tried to save money. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's just a terrible idea. Well, I don't. I'm not a big fan of their website anymore. I mean, there's nothing. It's all just garbage now. Unless you have an insider account, and I don't like their insiders, so <laughs> I mean I don't really care who watches. I'm just trying. Which. I'm just trying to bookend this whole podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I made it. I got you. What right do they have to right, fire right their employees? Have oh, to decide who to hire and fire. Took me a minute. Come on, Nate. Well, as <laughs> I, I was going to say to you earlier, if, if college athletes or college athletes and ESPN employees would unionize, then they would not have this problem. So <laughs> hey, now when, that's, that's me baiting we, you, Tom. Hey, when do we unionize, Nate? 
when we <laughs> when we actually get paid. <laughs> Tom is gonna uh, form a union to pay less money to run Caps the Block. Yes, <laughs> don't do that to me. I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your dues are coming, <laughs> millennial. <laughs> Tom and I taking out student loans to run this blog. All right. Well, I think that's my uh, cue. I'll uh, talk to you guys later then. <laughs> Take it easy, Sam. All right, Sam. Um, yeah, so I guess that was just kind of a fun shoot the bull, uh, uh, podcast. We didn't get to a lot of things I wanted to get to. You know, I wanted to talk about Seti Osman a little bit and, and, and Zizic and, uh, you know, the Cavs, what the Cavs offense and defense is going to be like this year. But I guess we just kind of have to come back for another pod. I guess we'll just, I have just to really, I just really want again. the. I really want the Cavs to have a chip on their shoulder. I just want to have a fun regular season. I do too. Like, I know it's a long shot to beat the Warriors no matter what happens, but I really don't want to slog through another eight months of just uninspired basketball. I agree. Just so that I can watch like one and a half good playoff series, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I hope the whole NBA, the NBA as a whole is better. I mean, and I'd really like the Cavs to like for once since like the price era figure out how to not be awful when their bench is in. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Would, that would be nice. Well, yeah. I mean, I, and I, I, we've complained for years about like, Oh, what's the Cavs identity, blah, blah, blah. I, I'd really like for them to have a chip on their shoulder and just have guys step up throughout the year. And who knows, maybe if they play with the right mentality, like another deli type diamond in the rough will emerge. Yeah. You know, I don't uh, know. Uh, that, they called their own in the zoo crew. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Although he did light up the Cavs yeah. at the end of the season in that um remember that remember that back to back against Atlanta? That was like horrific. Oh yeah, no, he's one of the yeah, but he's one of those guys that always kills the Cavs and then the Cavs sign him. Like there've been a few of those guys over the years. Uh Mo Williams was like that. Mo Williams remember? was like that and remember LeBron, they asked him if he was excited about the Mo Williams sign. He's like, Yeah, because I don't gotta guard him anymore. <laughs> Oh, had some memorable like twenty-five plus point performances against the Cavs as a member of the Bucks. Mo, Mo had some solid games for the Cavs too. I mean, he was yeah, the sure king did. of the twenty-two footer. <laughs> he was <laughs> that twenty. Oh, he did more than that. He was also like the second best mid-range shooter in the league behind Steve <laughs> Nash from either side of the court, and he yeah. he's the only player that's ever like done the Kraken. Which is like the most unstoppable player in Cavs history. Play. No, Kyrie did some crack in action. He, yeah, he did a little at the end of last yeah. season. Yeah. So uh, one of the things. Oh, so did you hear the Cavs signed Eric Moreland to their one of their two way contracts? No, yeah. I don't know. Who Eric okay, Moreland so he is. was like kind of the star is. of their D League team last year. Okay. Uh, he was their. He was their. Um, oh, how do I put this? Uh, he was the DeAndre Jordan of their D League team last year. He was led the okay. team in blocks and rebounds and, and free about throw worst a dozen thirty three percent from the line. Oh. Wow. <laughs> like I don't know how that guy's even playable in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Well they can't do Hacka anymore, so Did they get rid of Hacka? I mean kinda. It's different now. Did when did that happen? Last year. Don't you remember? We didn't talk about it all last year. Oh no! Um, it's like still there. It's just it's, it's there. It's, it's just a little same. different. It's a little yeah. different. It's well, not totally it, it, different. Yeah, I think it's fine. 
Uh, it's not like you're. It's not like you're. Any guy is going to yeah. be like a thirty minute. No, no, like, no. I mean, guy. Just, he's going to come in at the end of the game. Impact. Yeah. The, they'll hope he can get his free throw shooting up to fifty, and if that happens, and maybe he could be a guy who can contribute. But yeah. yeah so the other question was, who is? Because I I did a quick poll of uh, topics for the uh, for the commentariat, <laughs> and the other question. So who gets the other two way contract? Is it? Uh, <laughs> These are topics Tom cares about least, but yeah. uh, uh, does Kay Felder or Walter Tavares get one of those last two-way contracts when they inevitably oh. get cut? I know well, these are the I, questions I get, that are keeping you up. I get at night. more. I get more excited about like Tavares, yeah, um, because I think the Cavs have plenty of, you know, I don't know slightly irritating ball handlers. See, I think Felder and Tavares could make the greatest play ever where Tavares just opens his legs real wide and then Felder <laughs> dribbles through. Yeah. It's like the old elevator play with this. one guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I don't, I, I think one of those guys will probably get a two way deal or somebody who, who impresses in training camp maybe, but that's about it. I mean, do you think yeah. the Cavs are done before the regular season or, Unless they find somebody willing to take Shumpert, they probably are. Done making moves? Yeah. Oh, no, I think they're going to make moves. Before the regular season? Oh, before the regular season? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think they're going to kind of stand pat going into the training camp. Yeah, I mean, if it's anything, it'll be guys at the end of the roster. Yeah. I mean, I could actually see if somebody comes along seeing Calderon get cut, but they still... The thing is, until Isaiah Thomas is healthy, they'll need a third... They need that other guard, so yeah, they yeah, can't yeah. run. You can't run LeBron at point for forty minutes a night, and much as he might like to, yeah, and you can't run Derrick Rose for probably more than twenty eight. So yeah, so it should be interesting. Yeah, any uh, any uh, fun Tom Pestak stories from this summer? How'd your summer go? It's been a good summer. Um... Fun stories. Uh, now you told your fun story, your uh, uh, your Indian story at the beginning of the podcast. So, what was my Indian story? Oh, Joe Smith. Yeah, Joe from Smith. Way back. Yeah. Well, this summer, let's see what's been good. Um, well, my brother-in-law um, lived with us this summer, so that was kind of different. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he's a great kid. And how old is he? Eighteen. Okay. Yeah, Millennium Edition in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't know. I probably shouldn't tell family stories. On <laughs> probably a podcast. not. Probably yeah. not. That's probably a bad. Idea. <laughs> but it, you know, it was, it was a good summer. Um, good. Oh, I bought an electric lawnmower. Okay, a like, plug-in oh, like one a or a recharge? No, 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 like a like a lithium-ion one. So you plug it in to charge it, and then how long yeah. does it go on a mow? It, it lasts for an hour. So is that enough to do no, your lawn? No, it's not quite enough. <laughs> so you've got to like do your lawn, then plug it in, and then yeah. Do but the rest I don't, I don't ever. I mean, I don't ever mow continuously for like two hours anyway. I get too exhausted. Well, so. you do, you do live down in the southeast Ohio uh, humidity. Yeah. Well, my my yard has a bunch of like hills and stuff. Okay. I never bought gutter bought nine thousand, so I never had <laughs> any um, AI to smooth out my um, mole hills or anything like that. Okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, 
it's it's legit. I, I was skeptical, and um, I read a, like a million reviews, and they were all like, "No, this can really do it." And I thought, "Ah, oh, these people are probably in like Florida or something where the grass is like real thin and you know wispy, wispy." Yeah, great word. And not Ohio grass. You know, I've seen like Ohio like bluegrass plus crabgrass mixed together. Like Ohio it's grass is some hardy grass. It's very hardy. Yeah. And man, this this thing works. It's it's for and it's very well designed. Like just even not from who, a, who makes it called like Ego. Like it's it, they sell them at Home Depot. Okay. Um, it was expensive. I mean, it was like six hundred bucks Jeez. for the self the self propel version, but it's a very well made mower. And honestly, like not breathing in fumes for like two hours. Oh, that's I think half the fun of mowing is like being deaf and high. From right. the lack of oxygen after yeah, I don't, you're done. I don't, right, I don't deal with any of that anymore. <laughs> so um, is it quiet like a Prius? It's, it's, it's not that quiet, but it's quiet. I mean, you still hear the blades spinning, but no. there's no <laughs> engine. So you can, like, I can, like, yell to someone, like a neighbor or my family member, like, without turning off my mower. I don't have okay. to wear ear, you know, protection or anything like that. It's legit. Um, yeah, and... So I recommend it to anyone thinking about getting a Let's go. Yeah. So what do you do? You do like half the lawn and then yeah. you go then uh, have a lawnmower beer and then, then do the other half? Yeah, pretty much. Nice. That's nice. pretty much exactly. I, I, I pay my wife's cousins to do my lawn. So. Well, that's not a bad move. <laughs> no, it's – I yeah, I have always hated – I've always had <laughs> – I know this is hard to believe. I've always like – I'm like, why should I cut the grass? It's just going to grow back. That's what <laughs> yeah. it's always been, and it's always driven my neighbors nuts. So, yeah, it would drive me nuts too. But it's an Alaskan thing too, because a lot there of people was, uh, there don't take care of their lawns. So there, there's some like I don't know if this was all over the country or just in my neighborhood, but some like sign, like yard sign, got kind of popular. I'm guessing it was right around the time like Trump got elected, and it was <laughs> written in like five different languages. And no matter what language, it said something like, you know, we love our neighbors or something or like we welcome our neighbors or some, you know, some kumbaya crap like that. <laughs> and there was a and there was there's this rental house. Um, it's a corner house and they don't take care of their yard at all. And their grass always gets so ridiculous that the city has to put out like a sign of shame on their <laughs> lawn telling them that if they don't cut it, the city's going to cut it and charge them like 200 bucks. And the sign of shame does not, <laughs> does not work because they don't care. And this, and I, sometimes I just think like, does people just not live here or like, but no, there's cars there. So it's like, okay, well it must be a rental house. And then that house was the one that put up this sign in like all these languages <laughs> about how like oh we appreciate all of our neighbors or whatever you know it's like and and I just I so badly wanted to make a sign yeah, in like did you seven call it, languages. Tom, did you call it the Antifa house? I didn't, but I so badly <laughs> wanted to create a sign in like nine languages that said "cut your damn grass" and just put it on their lawn. But I didn't because I'm not a pot stirrer like you, Nate. I I only stir the pot of my friends. That didn't That's... sound right at all, but <laughs> no, I, I only troll my friends. So yeah, but we love, we, we appreciate it. It's it, <laughs> where would we be if we didn't have friends to troll us? Absolutely. You need, I need to be humbled. 
all absolutely of that's I, no one As should you it's a service that we provide each <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly you are far too uh it's these millennials that have been coddled <laughs> i know <laughs> that, it, it, that never it, had anybody it really is they needed so to be bullied up, a little more yeah, guess sorry, what i'm ahead. doing now that summer is turning into fall what are you doing i am teaching at Wright state what are you teaching technical writing for engineers oh, nice. for engineers and computer scientists um, I I would like to see your syllabus. You, oh, it's kind of boring, but I can send you my <laughs> slides. Well, it's technical writing. How could it? Know? Yeah, it's no, but I'm really designed to be boring. I, it is, it is, it, it is intentionally, but so informative. Be, it is, but because of that, um, you know, I try to, you know, feature a section in every lecture called "Great Moments in Technical Writing History." <laughs> Nice. Yeah, no, I'm serious. So, like, this was a pretty cool one. Um, did, did you get some hieroglyphics going? No, not yet. I haven't done that yet. Um, I the, the last weeks was um, this guy. What was his name? Mixon. I forget his first name, but he uh, he basically basically created the first like how to book. Okay. Um, he was like a craftsman, and he created a book called like mechanics exercises he was you know in britain and um you know it was basically like how to do everything like how to do like carpentry joinery painting how to do printing like you know the printing press had been out a little while so that was pretty cool like it was very technical lots of the diagrams and descriptions and really nothing like that had ever existed you learned your trade like during an apprenticeship before that and this was like a book that kind of like told you how to do everything um so that was kind of cool the first one i did was this was really impressive uh august 10th 1940 what do you think was going on in uh in england uh they were fighting the nazis weren't they yeah and it was shortly after dunkirk so it was during the daytime bombing of uh england and it was like Blitz. really was well, the Blitz. Blitz, the Blitz was later, so the okay. Blitz was the nighttime bombing. Okay, yeah, right, right. And the only reason they had to go to nighttime only bombing was because the Royal Air Force had done a good enough job sort of um, repelling the daytime bombing. Right. So this is still during daytime and nighttime bombing. And um, so on this day, Winston Churchill took time out of, you know, uh, the greatest crisis, you know, maybe in the history of his nation or even mankind to write a memo to his war cabinet titled brevity. And it was basically <laughs> a guide to cut through the crap and be more precise in the way we write things and cut out the unnecessary jargon. You would have loved it, Nate. It's all oh, just yeah. like he like no, makes... I've read one recently. It was like a U.S. military guide to uh, how to emails that works very similar. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll send you this. And, um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting up here. I'm like trying to explain to these students, like, this is like insane. Like the fact that on August 10th, like uh, basically a, how to write better technical writing memo went out. <laughs> like that's how important Churchill felt like this was to the, um, well, you know, the dissemination British of on. information, <laughs> We know what we know. The British can drone on. We've all read Dickens, so yeah, exactly. And he he like mocks like various phrases in this memo, like don't say crap like this. And he calls them uh, 
woolly, like W O O L E Y phrases. Okay. Like substanceless kind of phrases. Nice. Yeah, it's it nice. pretty it's pretty hardcore, pretty savage. So I got a couple uh, ideas. One you should do the have you heard the new one where the supposedly the um God, I can't remember their name. <laughs> the stupid the Sumerians. God, I'm horrible. Or the okay. Babylonians uh supposedly first discovered trigonometry almost a thousand years before the Greeks. And okay. they found some old cuneiform tablets that, that did that, so you should you should look that up. Okay. And then maybe yeah. some old uh I believe there are some hieroglyphic uh, beer recipes. So, uh, oh, so yeah, I did find a recipe book. Um, but one of the reasons I thought it was a poor example of technical writing is because none of the old recipe books deal in quantities. They <laughs> yeah, just tell you it's like a pinch, just, a dash. No, 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 not even that. They oh. just say like mix this with that. And that's, so, like people have awful. tried to recreate like ancient meals and they're not really sure if that's what it was like or not because they don't know how much flamingo is supposed to go into the dish <laughs> well how much flamingo was supposed to go into the dish we'll never know the world <laughs> may that, never know the world may never know yeah exactly and and with that i think this podcast has officially gotten a little little a long little long in the tooth. In the tooth. and uh so we we bid you uh good, good summer calves the blog fans and uh we should be back in a couple weeks with a training camp is uh just a two or three three weeks away maybe yeah Um, yeah it's a it's an abbreviated uh preseason this year i think there's only five preseason games and they all take place over about 10 days or two weeks and i think there's only like a week of training camp before that so and then nba kicks off mid-october and not bad hey uh, there are no four games in five nights anymore, and they've limited the back-to-backs and no back-to-backs on national TV games. So well, that'll help. That'll help with the, you know, resting everyone, yeah. and yeah. it's better, less injuries. That's a good idea. Good move. Absolutely, absolutely. Protect the product. Protect the players. Yep. 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 Yeah. Keep them from getting concussions. Yep. Play the long game. <laughs> and this has been uh, Cavs, the podcast, Millennial Edition, and uh, as always, go Cavs. <laughs> Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.